There's an old Yiddish proverb, which I'm pretty sure you know, which Woody Allen made popular, that goes, if you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. <laughs> now, I don't really think that God works that way. It's a funny saying, but I don't imagine God as this master planner up in the sky, you know, minding us like maybe some people do, but rather I imagine God as that spirit, that mystery in which we live and have our being. But if I was going to try to put human project human ways of being onto the holy, I'd say that God is not out there or up there laughing at us and judging us, but rather with us where we are, crying with us when we're in pain, laughing with us when we're joyful, celebrating us, celebrating us and with us when we live into the fullness of our being. My prayer practice is one of trying to just be in that presence and quiet down all those voices that jangle around in my brain of trying to come home to myself and to that mystery, just to abide in that presence for a while. But speaking of making plans, if we have learned anything over these last couple of years, it is that making plans is risky, right? I just, a couple of days ago, was in a meeting and said something about, well, I'm hoping that, and I found myself knocking on wood because it's just, who knows what the future holds, right? That's something we've learned. Who hasn't, who among us hasn't had to make plans and then change them, maybe even multiple times, right? Things happen and we have to adapt. Almost a year ago, I made plans to go out this July to Yellowstone National Park. I haven't been able to get out there in several years now, and I was really looking forward to going because I love it out there. Fishing in Yellowstone, one guidebook that I have says, is like fishing in a church. And it's true. I love wading in those wild rivers and worshiping under that big sky. Well, for a number of months, I was really looking forward to getting out there. I'd made lists, and I'd even started to get my gear together. And then about two weeks before I was supposed to leave, Yellowstone had the biggest flooding they'd ever had in their 150-year history. And roads and bridges were washed out in one day, and the park basically shut down, and there went my plans. I was disappointed, to say the least. Probably wasn't a happy person to live with for a few days. But you know, sometimes when one way closes, another one does open. The week that I was gonna leave to go out west, I figured I should make a plan B, and so I made plans and I drove up to northern New Hampshire where I camped and fished by myself 
for a handful of days, and it was really, really good to get away. I will say the fishing up there is not like how it is out west. Just, it's no comparison. Um, but it was really good to get away. And then, because I had the time, I flew down to North Carolina to visit my mom, who I saw this spring, but I'd been wanting to get down there again, and I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to get to go. My mom is 93 years old. She's been living with Alzheimer's for a handful of years now. Her short-term memory is pretty much completely gone, which certainly presents some challenges, but during these COVID years may have also been a blessing. And in some ways, her lack of short-term memory has, to my surprise, helped her maybe to live more in the present moment. A surprising blessing. And my mom, she still remembers lines from poetry and favorite hymns. And she can tell stories about her quirky grandmother who lived next door to them when she was a girl and stories about her parents when she was growing up during the Depression, stories that I love to hear over and over again. Those days that I was with my mom, we didn't do very much at all. She sleeps more these days and it's clear that her life is starting to wind down. And she doesn't even talk as much as she used to. She seems content to just sit and be. And we spent much of our time sitting at her kitchen table, looking out the window or out on the porch, watching the wind move in the trees and the birds come and go. Our last full day together, we were sitting quietly and not talking very much, and it made me think of a line from a poem that shows up as a verse in one of the hymns in our hymnal. The line goes, what is this life if full of care we have no time to stand and stare? This is from a Welsh poet named William Henry Davies. And when I started to recite that line to my mom, she knew it too. And she remembered it and she joined in. What is this life if full of care? We have no time to stand and stare. And this led us into a conversation about her current life. And I reflected to her how peaceful and at ease she seemed to be. A word she uses a lot is contented. She seems glad to just sit and be and watch the world go by. And I said, you know, a lot of folks don't know how to do this. It's something I struggle with. And my mom responded, I think I'm more at peace now than at any time in my life. And that really struck me. The next morning, waiting in the airport for my plane to board, I was thinking about her and feeling so grateful for our time together and that she's doing as well as she is, given her circumstances. We're very fortunate, and we know that, and you never know how life is going to change. You know that, too. So even though I felt pangs of sadness on that trip, that I never know if it's the last time I'm going to see her, that her life is winding down, that it's more limited 
than it once was, even though she probably had forgotten that I'd even come by the time that I was in the airport. I left there feeling glad and grateful. What is this life if full of care we have no time to stand and stare? We have no time to pause. Aren't these summer days good ones for just this? For taking a pause? For making time to just be? For doing whatever it is that brings us pleasure and joy? Many of us take time in the summer to go away on trips, and they can be wonderful too. A change of scenery can be wonderful and lovely and can help change one's perspective, right? But you know what my mom used to say? The best part of a trip is coming home. Yeah, some of you know that one too. And I've been feeling that this summer, this invitation to come home. We heard it in the song that we sang at the start of our prayer time. Return again, return again, return to the home of your soul. Return to who you are. Return to what you are. Return to where you are. Born and reborn again. Home, obviously, is a place, can be a place, and when we hear that word home, doesn't it evoke all kinds of memories and feelings, both happy and sad ones? Because homecoming isn't always comfortable or glad, right? Sometimes home is a place of unrest or struggle or loss. But this is our lives, both sunlight and shadow, both holding on and letting go. I hope that this place, where people have been gathering for so long, on Sundays and other days of the week, I hope this place feels like home to you. I hope this is a place where your soul feels at home. I hope that this sanctuary and this congregation feels like a house of belonging to you like the poet David White describes. I hope that being part of this church and having these spiritual companions is also helping you to find your way home. Because I don't think it's a one destination. I think it's an ongoing journey, born and reborn again. Of course, I'm thinking about home not only as a physical place, but as a space within a state of heart and mind and spirit, home as a way of being, at home in oneself and in the world. You know what I'm talking about, right? Haven't you had moments when you felt at peace, at one with yourself and with the world around you and with that spirit, that mystery of life? And this is what I'm thinking about, about coming home. And if you're like me, don't you need some of that, especially these days? We live in a time with so much stress and dislocation. It's all around us. 
the pace of life and its uncertainty, it can be dizzying, right? We need to be grounded. We need ways to feel at home. You know, I grew up in the South, and Southerners have something of a reputation, particularly among people who live further north, for moving slowly, maybe even being lazy, right? But in these hot summer days, I'm aware that slowing down is sometimes a survival skill, right? There's wisdom on a hot day like this one of finding some place in the shade or near a fan and doing mostly nothing, maybe with a glass of lemonade or iced tea in your hand or a book. For many of us, the coming weeks are a transition time. For many of us, summer vacation is running out and school is starting up again and for many of us, life will start to pick up some speed. So if you have some experience of being at home, at being at one with yourself, if you know what helps you to return to the home of your soul, I'm pretty sure that is something that will be beneficial to you in the weeks and months to come. And no matter what the outward circumstances of your life, in these anxious times, isn't it a survival skill to be able to turn down the noise that would pull us off center? To see and remember that there's more to this world than what's in the headlines. That it is still a beautiful world. There are friends who show up bearing tomatoes or zucchini or other blessings. There is the blessing of evening that comes after a hot, sunny summer day when the crickets start to sing and the stars come out. There's the grace of making a quiet connection with someone you care about. There's the peace of an ordinary Sunday here in church or coming in via Zoom. Or I hear some people spend Sunday morning relaxing with the Sunday paper or going to the beach. Is this true? There's peace in all of those and more and blessing. So this is my simple prayer for us in these days, that we will be at home in ourselves and in the world, and that our companions on this planet, everyone, will feel more of this, more at home, more at peace, that we will remember that we do have this blessed, sacred space in us and around us, that we can drop into that space whenever we need to, that we will be coming home to ourselves and to our beautiful blue-green earth, coming home to the goodness that is both in us and around us. So let us end with this prayer that I adapted from one in the Book of Common Prayer. O source of peace, you have reminded us that in returning 
and in rest we shall be saved. In quiet, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the gift of your spirit, bring us home, we pray, to that place where we may be still and know that you are God, where we know that we are all part of your great and abiding love and that life is a gift and a blessing now and forever. Amen.